is Ruin Willow, and you are listening to the Oh Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. I am so excited you're here today. I have amazing guests. You will not believe how amazing today on the podcast I am talking with and interviewing two people about their new book, The Pegging Book. A Complete Guide to Anal Sex with a Strap-On Dildo, the first book in existence on pegging, and I have them on my podcast. Their book is coming out this fall. They are so knowledgeable, and they have so many amazing things to say. So stay tuned for my interview with Cooper S. Beckett and Lindsay Miller. On my podcast, I talk about all things related to sex and sexuality, sexual health and wellness, and of course, erotica, because erotica is about fantasies. Delving into those fantasies is a part of your sexuality as well. So I love to narrate and read sexual tales to you, erotica. And I also love to have experts on to help you have better sex. And these two authors created the pegging book. I'm going to read the little blurb for the book, and then we'll get into the interview. If you are under 18, it is definitely time for you to leave the podcast now, sweet love. This is for adults only. In the beginning, there was no name for it. The act was lumped in with general anal sex and general strap-on sex. But perhaps seeing a hole that needed filling, an online contest was held to name the act. When the dust had settled, the word was clear, and the world was changed. Pegging, a sex act in which the pegger anally penetrates the peggy with a strap-on dildo. Authors Cooper S. Beckett and Lindsay Miller tackle all you've ever wanted to know about pegging. How do we do it? What are the right tools for the job? Does it actually feel good? I'm a straight guy. Will pegging make me gay? They answer these questions and also talk about safety, male anatomy, and the health benefits of being pegged. Beckett and Miller guide you through your experimentation with this most excellent act in a friendly and conversational fashion, showing you an in-depth look between the cheeks. These two are also podcasters, and I'm so excited to share this with you. They are amazing. They're very knowledgeable, and we had a great chat. Their book is in pre-sale, so you can reserve your copy now. So stay tuned and find out all the details of how, why, when, and how deep they went for this book. Okay, here we go. Hello, everyone. I have an amazing treat for you today. I have two people that have co-authored a book together coming out in October, and it's really amazing. They have a great history. They have great, I mean, just amazing. You're really going (laughs) to be amazed by all the stuff they've done. I'm really excited. And okay, the book is called, ready? The Pegging Book. Complete Guide to Anal Sex with a Strap-On Dildo, coming out in October, October 14th of 2022 by Thorn Tree Press, by Cooper S. Beckett and Lindsay Miller. Now, did I say your names right? You did. Yes. Okay. Well, welcome. I was so excited to have you on my podcast. Thank you for having us here. Yes, thank you. 
I would love it if you would each take a turn telling me about your career and what brought you to writing this book. Lindsay, would you like to go first? Sure. Well, so I am the assistant manager of a sex toy store here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I live. It's called The Tool Shed and Erotic Boutique. And I've been teaching classes there. I've been working there for about a little over a decade as like a sexual educator and then also a purveyor of sex toys. And so, <laughs> so I know a lot about the industry, right? And then I started teaching classes there probably ooh, five or six years ago. And one of the classes that we had like, developed based on mutual interest and then also friendship and <laughs> both of us <laughs> teaching classes at the tool shed was mm. we Cooper and I decided to start teaching a pegging uh, like 101 class mm. so we can probably get more into that journey in a second but I will also say I am also a podcaster myself I I host a bi-weekly podcast called polyamory uncensored we take summers off because both my mm. co-host and I have have kids, so yeah, it's, sure. it's a rough life. Everybody but, deserves yeah. summers off. Exactly. You don't need to explain yeah. that. Get a little, <laughs> get a little break here so. and there. Yeah, just in case people try to find us and are like, "What are you doing? What's, what's oh, this three yeah. month gap?" So yeah, we're on a little break right now, but I hope to come back soon. And uh, yeah, polyamory censored. I'm polyamorous. I like to talk to other people about polyamory and ethical non monogamy and everyone else's journeys and how they got there. So yeah, that's. That's my other thing, but otherwise, yeah, we can we can get into our our how we came up with the book journey in a second. Why why don't you introduce yourself? Because you've got lots of other stuff on your <laughs> and your burners too. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm for the last twelve. It's hard. Time is weird now. Maybe thirteen years ago, I started the podcast Life on the Swing Set with Dylan Thomas, and. After doing that for a while, I started writing my own books. This is the Pegging book is actually my sixth book, and I'm very excited to have it coming out because it's my first nonfiction book since my first book, which was My Life on the Swing Set, uh, my journey in non-monogamy. I I really hesitate to call myself a sex educator, and uh, Lindsay is much more an educator than I am. I just talk about stuff that I like and I make, uh, I make assertions that my opinion is correct. <laughs> and so that's, that's what a lot of, that's what a lot of the pegging book is, is my assertions that my opinion is correct about this. <laughs> we Boy, I really underplayed opinions. that, didn't I? <laughs> wow. We all have opinions and I think our opinions are valid, especially because they're based on our lives and our experiences, right? Mm hmm. And especially because the old saying is opinions are like assholes. So this book is about assholes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Very fitting. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what you brought you to doing this book. Was it more to educate people or you think that people were misinformed or you just love the topic? There's so much stigma around butt stuff in mm -hmm. general, yeah. but especially for men, mm -hmm. uh, because there's so much baggage in terms of will it make me gay yeah or yeah and and when Lindsay and i were doing this class almost every time we would get to the part at the end where it's like additional reading and there'd be one or two things like tristan taramino has a great book about it she has but, a book about anal pleasure yeah right she, like right there's it's, books about anal pleasure there's books about strap on sex regardless of like gender and before right. the word pegging existed. Right. But there's nothing 
on pegging specifically. We were all very surprised that there was no pegging book. Right. And so that's why we jumped on the opportunity to be called the pegging book, (laughs) because we wanted to be the pegging book. But we would do these classes, and every time it was just like, well, you know, maybe we should write one. And then a pandemic hit. And so we were both (laughs) kind of sitting around, and Mm -hmm. we thought, well, you know, now would be a good time to actually write one. And then that this is the result. So I think this would be a great time to define pegging. <laughs> <laughs> should, I, should I do the, the pegging? I'll do the definition in the book. And sure, then okay. you, can, you can elaborate. How about that? So we do have, right in the beginning, the definition of pegging is a sex act in which the pegger anally penetrates the peggy with a strap-on dildo. That's the key to pegging. Is it's got to be a strap on of sexual orientation? Well, we uh, yeah, we you know, pegging was traditionally. I hate to use the word traditional because <laughs> with pegging because that doesn't make sense. But pegging was traditionally a very heteronormative thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was about a guy getting fucked in the ass by a, a woman. That was that was it. But we really tried to recognize the fact that pegging is specifically about anal sex with a strap-on. That's what our pegging is about. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our special offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, (laughs) Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean-shaven for spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. Yeah, and we recognize that because it is such a heteronormative or was a heteronormative act when it was like created Mm -hmm. as a definition, and it was a definition that was needed because it was created by Dan Savage. He kept getting all of this, all of these questions sent to his advice column about Mm. the act of a woman penetrating a man with a 
dildo or strap mm-hmm. on dildo, right? And so he needed a name for that specific act. So it was necessary at the time. And this was, sure. you know, 15 some years ago, right? And I think it has evolved greatly into, well, actually, you know, non-binary people exist, trans people exist. Mm-hmm. And regardless yeah. of your gender or genitalia, you can use a strap on dildo to penetrate a, a person. And like okay. pegging can be broader it can be whatever you want it to be, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. initially, in the in the beginning times, it was specifically about this like role reversal, almost as if like all women are are you know to be fucked and all men are fuckers, right? And then right. they're they're they were like, oh, this new thing where people can switch up the game, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. actually, <laughs> you were always able to do that, and also women aren't necessarily naturally the, you know, the people who have to be fucked. Right. Like, so I think that it was, it opened doors to and opened minds to more varied sex and different Mm -hmm. kinds of sex. But yeah, that's, that's where it started. Right. You know, yeah. Even women on women, they still, still call pegging. Right. I mean, it's, it's just generally it's just called strap on sex yeah. like with, yeah, with lesbian yeah. Okay. sex. It's yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Strap on sex. Yeah. Right. I have heard that before. Okay. And what, so, what we really like about calling the reason we wrote a book about pegging specifically and not just strap on sex is because of the, the, the stigma surrounding it. It's like, I consider myself queer, mm-hmm. but when I talk, I talk as a bi man because mm. bi men are often shunted into the shadows, you know? So mm. it is more important for me to be a bi man than a queer man that has to explain what that means to me. And so pegging, it's more important for us to talk about sex the way pegging is traditionally thought of, because that's the one that has the big stigma right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, for sure. I think that's very, very true. And it's it's just loaded with stigma. Yeah. And And it's a shame, too. And Mm -hmm. and there's, you know, that's that's the thing. The people who who do it know how amazing it is. And the people who experience prostate pleasure know how amazing that is. And I feel bad for all the men who are too judgmental about it to ever experience joy like this. Yeah, it's interesting to me how they think an act can turn them, turn their sexual orientation. It's just, it's a weird statement. How could you even possibly think that? (laughs) I don't understand that. Yeah, I I will often, like, when put against that kind of statement, like, well, what if it makes me gay? I will often argue, like, literally having sex with men as a man won't make you gay. It's just an act. It doesn't make you do anything. It doesn't change Mm -hmm. your identity. It doesn't change who you are. So like nothing can make you gay. If you, you know, do some act and it makes you feel a lot of feelings. I mean, that's super valid. Absolutely. It will make you feel feelings. Right. Mm -hmm. And if those feelings make you explore your sexuality and your sexuality changes or evolves over time, that's not a bad thing. And right. cool, you know, go on with that. That is also valid. But nothing can make you gay. Like if you're not and you know, and you're secure in your sexuality, nothing can change your identity except for, you know, like you evolving as a person and maybe wanting to change your identity. That's yeah, it. it exactly. well, I think helps it you shows, realize something. Basically. Right. I think it shows how fragile our opinions of our own sexuality are. Yeah. You know, we the reason someone worries if it'll make them gay is that they worry what if I'm wrong about what I like? Right. What if I'm wrong about who I am? Because you know, realizing you're gay, that is an enormous upheaval 
in your understanding of self. And so it's, it's being terrified of the possibility that you might do something and it changes your perception of self. And I totally get that. It's but, it's so often rooted in misogyny and hom- homophobia. homophobia. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, butt play isn't reserved for gay men either. Right. You know, right. lesbians also will occasionally dabble in butt play, you know? And so, like, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't change their gender or orientation. Right. <laughs> so Exactly. Um, so it's not, like, the butt is a universal sex toy. <laughs> and and well, I, will, I will always tell people, like, there is little less gay you can do than have sex with someone of the opposite sex. There is that is right. the least gay sex with woman thing you can possibly yeah. be doing. So <laughs> being pegged as a man by a woman, least gay thing ever. Pretty heterosexual. No yeah. gay true. there. Yeah, <laughs> that's very very true. Because if you were with a man, then you just totally penis. different. Yeah, penis is there. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting that people have that fear. Where yeah. do you think all that shame comes from? Do you think it comes from people thinking, you know, just shame from being gay? Or do you think it's, oh, from, you know, there's, there's anal shame? No, there's, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the, I mean, there's there's the masculinity thing. Mm-hmm. And that's always been present. But really, the the AIDS virus ruined everything. Oh, you know, true. The, the way people, like, it's not just being gay because of the AIDS virus. It's about being dirty. Yeah. You know, that's what um, that's that's what the homophobia looks like. True. It's it's not that, you know, suddenly I'm gay, suddenly I could get AIDS and suddenly I'm one of those people with AIDS. And none of this I mean it's all bullshit obviously, mm. but yeah. it's that's what has pervaded the culture. Like we're seeing it with monkeypox right now. Just because coincidentally a lot of the monkeypox's occurrences are within the gay community. It's suddenly, I, I see it all over. It's suddenly a gay disease. And that's, it's, it's horrendous. And it's really sad. And it is. I keep seeing posts saying it's not an STD, you right. know, like, right. right. Well, like the, why the, do we even I have mean, to clarify that? Like, that's because, the CDC, yeah. because the CDC had no business making that statement in the first place. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. They made a statement that they should not have made because mm. they knew what it would do. Right. We're just seeing we're just seeing HIV part two. Just you really know, and, sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very that disturbing. got heavy. That got really heavy. <laughs> that did get heavy. What was our question? What, what were we talking <laughs> about? It's like, wait, like, why uh, do why oh, do stigma? Uh, yeah, what, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, there's the thing that I realize is men are extremely fragile. Yeah. And that's not to say be easy on them because they're they're making their fragility your problem. Mm-hmm. And they so often are afraid of being treated the way they treat women. Right. And the only people who would treat them the way they treat women are other men. And so that's what gayness is scary about because they often like in the swing community, especially they often will talk about, well, what if, what if I'm hanging out with a couple where the guy's by and he doesn't listen when I say no. And he just starts sucking my cock. It's like, well, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, okay, I guess that could happen. But the point is, he also violated your consent, which yeah. is against the rules. So are are just men unable to understand consent? Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah, it's, it's obnoxious. And yes. unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be getting better. It's getting worse again. 
Yeah, I think so too. Just very disturbing. Yeah, it really is. Lindsay, I feel like I keep talking over you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to think of the like different um, like sections in our book where we talk about stigma, we talk about fear and homophobia and stuff. And we try not we didn't want the book to be a downer, right? So like right. there were yeah. there definitely we, we addressed that, but often it felt like I kind of wanted to be like, but that's a non-issue because it's stupid. But you know, like I didn't want to yeah, say that, yeah. but also like right. but no, oh, no, I, we gay. are very dismissive. <laughs> it's yeah. just like look. Shut up. <laughs> Whatever is saying that in your brain, shut it off and yeah. then enjoy because the book and enjoy true. pegging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about we talk about, okay, so this question I think is a, probably on everyone's mind who's never done this before. Does it actually feel good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Lindsay, sure. should I take this as the person who owns a prostate? Definitely. Although by, I will by, say there are a person. lot of nerve endings, you know, in a lot. Yeah, they actually of, no, know, no, like, Lindsay. You go. You talk about you talk about why it feels good as a as a woman, please. Well, yeah, I mean, like obviously, so the prostate and like the G spot are kind of analogous in that we, um, you know, all all of our bodies started in a very similar state in mm-hmm. utero, and yep. and we. Mm-hmm kind of like develop these similar areas that actually have similar responses in sexual activity. So for cis or people who are born with female like anatomy will mm-hmm. often have a G spot. And when that is stimulated, the orgasm can be very different from a clitoral orgasm. Right. right. And so the, the like mm, male version of that for people who are born with male anatomy is the prostate, which is only really stimulated. It can be stimulated from outside of the body, but generally stimulated from inside of the anal canal. And there are a lot of nerve endings in both areas in men and women and non-binary folks. Those areas when stimulated correctly and when your body is aroused can produce very amazing orgasmic feelings, right? Mm -hmm. So it can be deduced that pegging, stimulating the prostate through sexual activity can be very, very pleasurable. But if you are stimulating that area with no arousal in a very almost clinical sense, you know, like Mm -hmm. atmosphere, it's not as pleasurable because the, like the body's not aroused, the area is not engorged. So if people are just kind of exploring their body and are like, this just feels weird. I don't like yeah. this. Or their yeah. only experience is at a doctor. Yeah. They don't have any good, like any good <laughs> feelings associated with that area. So, so your mileage will definitely vary upon how you actually stimulate that area. And I'll, I'll defer to Cooper who actually has a prostate. <laughs> <laughs> good information though. Thank you. Yeah. So prostate simulation, it's, it's like the idea of a prostate orgasm is mythical like there people people either have never heard of it or don't understand it and like Mm -hmm. i had never met anyone who'd had one uh, before i had one i knew people who'd seen them who'd who'd had them uh, in their partners but never uh, never someone who actually had one and it was it was only through a sudden surprising event that i wound up having one and it was fascinating to me because it was still early in my swinger journey. And I had just been meeting a lot of women who have ejaculatory orgasms, squirting orgasms. 
And so I was aware of how all of them described these, these waves of pleasure coming and going and coming and going and how they'll just continue well beyond, you know, the actual stimulation. And that's what happened with my prostate orgasm is it was not an ejaculatory orgasm at all. Uh, And I probably didn't even have an erection for much of it, but it would just come up and I'd be shaking. And uh, like, it was the same kind of sensation that happens just before an ejaculation, but then it would just stay and then go down and then come back and then go down. So my first prostate orgasm lasted almost an hour. Wow. I mean, I was at dinner and it was still rolling in. It was bizarre. And in the time since then, it doesn't take as much stimulation and it doesn't take the same stimulation Hmm. to have it. And I've, I've heard the same from women who are squirters is that suddenly your brain starts wiring these two things together. Mm. And so now I'll occasionally have these shaky orgasms just on penile stimulation. Mm. Uh, And it's, it's fascinating and awesome. And the most significant source of pleasure I have ever encountered. And so amazing. (laughs) And, and as someone who uh, is on uh, mind meds, for for my mental health, ejaculation and erections are somewhat unpredictable. Yeah. So a prostate orgasm doesn't require either of those things. That's so and, intriguing. I actually didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. So pretty good. Pretty good. I, I recommend it. Do you feel I any sort of it. contractions with that or is it just? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's, it's a, contractions. Okay. Yeah. Major, major clenching of muscles. and. Um, it's a lot of shaking for me. Okay. That's really, a, yeah, a lot of sure. shaking. Interesting. I didn't realize it could last that long. It, most most of them don't. I think okay. it was just that my body was just like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> right. Let's keep it going. Let's go on this ride. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'll come and go. And most of the time these days, it sticks around as long as stimulation is happening. But the moment stimulation stops, I I stop. <laughs> okay. Yep. Very interesting. Well, I think that's really interesting for people to know. And I I recently was talking with a sex therapist who told me that it could be stimulate the prostate can be stimulated from the outside. I didn't know that either. I thought yeah. that was really interesting. I didn't it's even harder, know. but it can be done. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Just like the G spot can be stimulated from the outside, it's harder, mm-hmm. but it can right. be done. Yeah, it's embedded in there, so it's a yeah. little bit harder mm-hmm. to access from the outside. So does this, okay. So does this, this plays into this section in your book where you guys have labeled the P spot versus the G spot. This is basically (laughs) what we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just wanted to clarify that. So why is knowing male anatomy important to Pegging? I mean, why do you need to know that? Why can't you just, just just (laughs) do it? You know, you don't have to know it. But you know, it's it's a book. You gotta you gotta give all the information you can. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> and Lindsay has always done a wonderful job at our our sessions of preparing the anatomy lecture. And yeah, it's, yeah, I think I like to have a bit of like a class that's kind of evenly divided on upon like scientific information as well as like product mm-hmm. information because there are a lot of like toys and gadgets and things that you can that you can incorporate into pegging, mm-hmm. and then also a lot of like anecdotal and like 
you know, stories about like, you know, Cooper's journey with finding prostate orgasm and then also being able to like experiment with stimulating a G-spot and a prostate or like at the same time, which is a very Mm -hmm. rare experience that that Cooper, and he's the only person I've ever met who's been able to do that, has actually been able to do (laughs) have two partners at once. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Yeah. And so like, I I, I feel like everybody should do that. Everybody should find a couple that will (laughs) let you put their, your fingers in both of them at the same time. It's important. I think it's important. It's rare. That's the hill I'm going to die on right there. Is that you should do that. Yeah. 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 That's everyone should be on everyone's bucket list. Yeah. Everyone. Yes. That sounds amazing. (laughs) But yeah. So I kind of like the blend of of a little bit of an anatomy course, a little bit of a science class that makes it feel a little bit more like you're going to a class because oftentimes when we have this this course, I will get inundated with messages. I don't think, I don't know that this happens to Cooper, but I often get a lot of messages when I post about this class on, on FetLife, on Facebook, on um, like in private Facebook groups and stuff, people will personal message me and say, is this a demo? Do you need a pegging bottom? Like, you know, like they want, I, uh, Lindsay, they want I will, to I will tell you right off the bat. I don't get those you messages. Don't get those? Okay, yeah. and it's, so, it's, it's because men are awful and you're hot really. That's what we're, it's so interesting, you know, like, cause this is, it's basically like our class was kind of like a lecture format, right? We're not yeah. actually doing the act. We're not actually showing any nudity or anything like that, but sure. that is oftentimes times where people's brains will go they're like yeah. oh my gosh do i get to go see it and it's yeah. like right, no right. we're just talking about it but we do want it to be entertaining and we are going to tell our personal experiences and stuff like that but also no this is a class <laughs> <laughs> and so the book kind of felt like that too like no we're teaching you but also it's going to be fun entertaining we just have a mixture of both now there are right. drawings of pegging in the book oh yeah oh okay so, okay yes so sure. you can see drawings of it nice I think that's helpful for people, you know, especially yeah. if they've never done it and they're really curious, you know, and it would be helpful to see. Yeah, we have a whole, a whole position guide. I, I mm-hmm. thought that that would have been really fun to incorporate because I don't know, I think once you start getting into pegging, just like any kind of sexual activity, you want to know like more fun ways to do it with different mm-hmm. kinds of toys. And right. I mean, and, you know, totally like personal bias. I have a lot of toys. And so I'm like, well, mm-hmm. what about this one? Like what, what would be the best position with a toy like this or with, you know, a harness like this? And so, yeah, we got, we got kind of creative with that and got <laughs> a little, we had a little position guide in the book right smack in the middle of the book. So that's kind of fun. What's your favorite one to use? Which, which oh toy my. is your favorite? Toy? <laughs> Ooh. I love toys. I love talking about sex toys. <laughs> Cooper, oh. I, I feel like no, you no, have no. a good answer to this. Oh, I, I mean, so I have found that my butt only wants to accommodate something about the size of my dick. Okay. <laughs> so the, the, which I don't even remember which one it is. It's one of the Tantus toys is one of my favorites. Mm. My partner, she really loves this toy that doesn't even get made anymore. It's called the enjoy us. Mm. And it's a, it's a modular dildo with a big insertable area. So she, you know, it, like a lot of these strapless strap-ons, they, uh, they're not secure enough. So you mm-hmm. can't really peg with them. They're just, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a pipe dream, but this one, the, the bulb <laughs> end is so big. And so it's, it's easier. And the mm-hmm. modular part is any toy that's got a big vibrator hole in the bottom, you can just mm-hmm. slap it on there. So that's the favorite toy we have to use. 
Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I've never been able to find that toy, but I have something similar, like an insertable double dildo that is called the Fuse Tango. That's a and too, yeah. I really like that one. Yeah. It's, it's a nice, like bright purple toy. Very nice. fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that one, but also harnesses are really important. So I love mm-hmm. my Sasha harness. It's a mm. spare parts. Is that the brand spare name? Parts, yeah. Spare parts, Sasha harness. It's one of those like underwear style harnesses, but it's got all the mm-hmm. like frills. It's got like lace trim. It's like red mm-hmm. satin mm-hmm. and it's got garter straps and everything. Oh. So it's just like super high end fancy. And I, you know, I work at a sex toy store, so I get a discount. And so this was like one of my splurge items where I was like, okay, I'm writing a book on pegging. I'm going to get the top high end pegging yes. gear. You know? yeah, so that was one of my splurge items. That's called a business expense. Lynch. Yeah, that's right. Oh you have my to gosh, know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Uh, that's a write-off. Oh, business well, expense. Bought it quite a few years ago, but yeah, maybe. It's still, still write-off. Yeah. Any more in the future, I'm going to yeah. write off. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I mean, the key for anyone is getting something that works with their body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I find that a lot of people, a lot of men who are afraid of this and can be scary. And I get that. But a lot of men will buy the smallest thing ever. And that can feel very pokey. Okay. You know, there's a reason you don't jam a finger in and out. You slowly move a finger because a finger is pokey. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always recommend for men to look Look for the the largest thing you think you can accommodate, and then buy the next bigger. <laughs> because See, you'll I probably want, be just fine. I always want people to have like like at least a butt plug to warm up <laughs> with, right? Like something oh, yes. that you can get used to, something you could wear during sex to get used to the sensation. Because if it's totally new to you and you are not yeah. in like into butt play, it's going to be quite a lot to take a dildo first but like oh, yeah. i'd say start yeah. somewhere a little bit more manageable and then move up to there because yeah i mean everyone's mileage is going to vary when it comes to like what they feel comfortable with something that's a little bit more firm is really important because it's mm-hmm. easier to like actually use whereas something mm-hmm. that's super soft which might make it like intuitively you might think something soft is more comfortable but it's really floppy and then it's not usable <laughs> and it's really hard to actually insert so something a little bit more firm is always good and maybe I- smooth I use that, what is the New York Toy Collective, the mm. the dual density one that's also got the like poser inside. Yeah, there's the Shiloh. I thought that the, was going to be yeah. great, but it is, it? well, I mean, it's a great dildo. Yeah, it's a, but they're it's, so it's realistic it's really feeling. not good okay. for pegging because it isn't hard enough and it you really so can't <laughs> penetrate with that. And when you can't penetrate, all you're doing is really just bashing against the rectum. And that's not fun. Yeah, you almost need, I mean, especially for beginning play, like something a little tapered, maybe smaller in the, on the tip. And then it kind of gets a little bit wider, but yeah. And I would say the only one that really comes to mind is the Tantus Leisure is a little tapered, really smooth, pretty narrow. It's a good beginner pegger toy. (laughs) (laughs) So since you are both experts in this, what do you think other than orgasms and being close with your partner, are there benefits to pegging? What other things mm-hmm. do you think are benefits? Well, I think like sexual sexual exploration is beneficial in 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 that way that I mean kind of like you said like getting closer to your partner, finding different things that they might find enjoyable, and it is enjoyable for both parties. Like we do have a whole section in the book called like what's in it for me as in like me the you know maybe a a person who was born a woman who is 
identifies that way now and mm-hmm. is like interested in pegging or not interested in trying to figure out why, why would I be, you know, like what right. could be, what could be in it for, for the like giver in this situation. And other than mm-hmm. I want to give my partner pleasure beyond right. that, there are a lot of things that can be pleasurable for the person wearing a strap on, depending on the type of toy you use, but then also like the mental dynamic of maybe, maybe it's kinky for you. You know, pegging does mm-hmm. not have to be kinky. I don't think that it, it's a sex act just like anything else, but some people find that like if maybe their partner is always the like one on top, always the one in control, if they're mm-hmm. switching that dynamic, it might feel kind of kinky to them and yeah. maybe that's exciting, you know? So, mm-hmm. so there could be that element at play as well. And yeah, so we have a lot of, and it's a, it's a good workout. <laughs> we, <laughs> we talk about that a bit. Oftentimes yes. if you're, if you're kind of like the bottom, the receiver, you might just be laying, you know, laying down and taking it. I mean, as as amazing and fun as as that kind of sexual activity could be and relaxing, maybe you're not really doing all the thrusting. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. that's in heterosexual dynamics, right? That's often relegated to the guy. And so being in that position, it can be quite the workout. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a surprising workout. You're like, oh my God, do you do this every time? Wow. (laughs) This is so much work. (laughs) Right. Makes total sense. It also adds just the let's change things up mm, nature, yes. mm-hmm. you know, and because it is very easy for sex to just become the same thing. And there's honestly nothing wrong with that. But adding something that's a completely different dynamic in because pegging is it just requires a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. It, it can lead to different levels of intimacy and different levels of understanding of each other's desires and orgasms and feelings about it and it's it's really worth doing that every once in a while because that's how you maintain a long-term sexual relationship right there yeah Yeah, maybe some oh go ahead ahead. no you go ahead (laughs) i was just gonna say there was some scientific studies i think they're in the early days of it that say that like milking the prostate is actually a really beneficial thing to guys as well right like Mm -hmm. so there's that element as well that potentially you know it could be good for your prostate to occasionally uh, (laughs) occasionally have a prostate orgasm and and that is that is very like it's funny how little science will say about sexuality yeah because there's so much chance that they're going to get their money taken away. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, there is every indication that a frequent expulsion from the prostate, which does seminal fluid is beneficial. So that can be from masturbating. That can be from sex. And one of the ways they, one of the treatments, one of the therapies for inflamed prostate is prostate milking which mm. is literally squeezing the prostate and getting all that pre-cum out of there. Right. So oh, if that's one of the treatments and if that's benefit, like it's not a stretch to assume this is good for your health. Right. Then. Right. Cause you'd think of it, you know, it just keeps, is it just going to get clogged in there? I mean, I don't really know. I'm not a urologist or anything, but you know, like we are not doctors. All over the book that yeah. we're not doctors. We're not doctors. <laughs> I think it's like, you know, when you, when you leave your car in a garage over the winter, it gets stuttery. And, but if, if you take it for a little drive every day, yeah, it's fine. You know? Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think 
That's that's the best I can do because I am not a doctor. <laughs> I'm just curious though, if it actually like gets clogged in there or is it filled up and it just it just I don't I, know. I, from what I that. understand, and this is all I can say is from what I understand, it's about the keeping the the motor running in there. Mm, so okay, if you yeah. don't expel it, it doesn't create new stuff because it doesn't need to. And if it doesn't create new stuff. Maybe it forgets how to create new stuff at some point, you know, maybe, <laughs> right, maybe, right. maybe, I mean, so I don't know that it's clogged or anything. It's just <laughs> constantly moving uh, grease through the works, keeps it moving smoothly. Yeah. It's just the same thing as daily masturbation in any way is, is yeah. beneficial. Yeah. So mm-hmm. masturbate every day, everybody. Exactly. <laughs> I know that's what I say. <laughs> daily orgasms all around. Absolutely. An orgasm a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> exactly. I'm all for that statement. <laughs> so tell me something that you've already talked a few things about what people are surprised about with pegging. What's something else that people tend to be surprised at, like in your class or, you know, whenever you're teaching about or talking about, what's something that surprises them other than what you've already mentioned? Or is there anything? That's a good question. I think something that's interesting when people come into the store and they ask me about pegging, they are often really like shy about it. They're really mm-hmm. like, they're like whispering, like, I think I want to, pe-, you know, like, I want to peg, you know, or I want to be pegged. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, and it's just that, that internalized, that shame that they, yeah. they, they come into and they, and they'll end up at a sex toy store and they're like, okay, is this the place Maybe I won't feel shame here. Maybe, but maybe I will. They're still really tentative about it. And Mm -hmm. I think they're often surprised at how open and like honest we can be when we're like, all right, so what are your, you know, what experience have you had so far? Where are you at size wise? And I'm just really like, I could not care less about what you're into. I'm just here to give you information. And that can be surprising to people where they're like, oh, there's, there are places where I can just talk about yeah. sex, not yeah, be ashamed wow. and not, you know, right. and, and not have to hold back and whisper. And it's like, nope, nope, this is a safe space. We're going to talk about what you need to talk about. And I'm going to give you what you need, you know, sell you what you need. So, so that can be surprising to people like getting into a community, maybe because mm-hmm. a lot of folks, depending on where you live, do not have safe spaces to be able to talk about sex, right? You can maybe oh, right. find it online. But yep. oftentimes in person, it's it might not exist at all. Right. So finding that either community or space or store can be really beneficial. And and I do think people are really surprised by it. Like they're like, oh, I could just like talk. Oh, like and it's, it's like liberating. Like I can see yes. it. And you're not going to judge you know? me at all. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. And I can look you in the eye and ask you this question and without feeling like I'm some kind of weirdo or pervert or yeah, some like a deviant. Freak. Like, yeah, people are yeah, really yeah. worried. Because mm-hmm. they're into different sex and they'll and they'll be like, is this weird? You know, they constantly will ask for like yeah. affirmation of like, oh, is this okay to ask? Is and I'm like, I've heard everything. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It is not weird. Right. I love that. And I never really thought about that, but that's true. That is one place sex top sex toy stores or you know, any kind of that is one place someone can go and talk about that. I never mm-hmm. thought about that. What a great point. And I suppose you know that because you live it. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah. And I mean, especially thing. depending on the store. So, we, we, uh, a mission-driven education-based store and we're like a progressive mm. pleasure like based 
store. So, you know, oftentimes we will say, we want you to have the information more than we want to sell you something. We are not a sales based, you know, obviously that pays the bills, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. we're like, if you go home with nothing but information that that's a win for us as well. So sometimes people will come in and be like, all right, so what are you going to, you know, what are you going to talk me into? And I'm like, absolutely nothing. I'm going to try to get you to what you need. And that's, (laughs) that's what you need. But but yeah, so if you have a pleasure, uh, like a, a progressive pleasure store or a feminist mm-hmm. extra store or sure. you know something like that in your area, those are the ones I would say I would recommend. It doesn't mean that the side of the highway store won't have people who are educated. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. people who are really into sex education will try to find jobs at those locations as well, even if they're not like mission driven. Mm-hmm. So that might also be if you only have that, that might also still be a really good resource. But, but yeah. Feminist sex toy stores are the way to go. And there really aren't like a ton, but they're right. yeah. popping up more and more. Now, does your out. store have online access for people? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. If you're interested, toolshedtoys.com is our store and I do all the shipping. So you'll probably get me packing <laughs> up a box for you. So yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Very good to know and put out there. I think that's great. We need places like that because you can't oh, talk about sure. it in so many places. I mean, seriously. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's really rare. And it's also nice to have like a sex positive community, but that's also really rare. We talk about it a little bit in the book where like, you know, we talked to a sex worker who works in, uh, you know, all over America. And when she's in, say, like New York or California in these little bit like more progressive areas, pegging is old hat, right? Like everyone's done pegging. They do it with their partners. They do it with their, you know, like they've done it and they're like, whatever, I want something more. I want something like more on the edge. And then she goes to like the Midwest to work or, (laughs) you know, like, or the South to work. And pegging is like, the taboo. It is the emptiest thing they could think of. Right. And so depending on where you live, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or they couldn't possibly talk about it with their partner. Like they just are absolutely like mortified that they're into it. And then again, in in these progressive areas on the sides of the country, they're just like, whatever. We don't, (laughs) that's not even a big deal anymore. Yeah. (laughs) So interesting. That's a very, very good point. (laughs) Culture does matter and where you live does matter because culture is relative to area. And yeah, (laughs) very, very true. So in writing this book, what was the biggest challenge? I think it's, it's hard to... It's hard to lay out thoughts like this, Mm. you know, because there are so many things we want to cover and we don't want to weigh things down. Like, like Lindsay said, with bummer topics, Yes, because a lot of stuff around sex is a bummer Mm -hmm. and a lot of stuff around sexual attitudes is a bummer. So we want to acknowledge those things because we also don't want to be a, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Everything's great. You know? (laughs) And we we decided very early on, like both very, very staunch liberals. And we decided early on that we're going to try to be a book for everybody, Mm, but we're also going to make it clear, look, this is who we are. These are the opinions we will espouse in this book. We will be supporting the trans community, the LGBTQ Mm -hmm. community. We will be supporting sex workers and Uh, sex education. So if you're anti that, you probably shouldn't read it. It's not (laughs) going to be for you. And if you're anti that, you should also think about why you want to explore sexually 
because maybe your party's not on the right. See, this is what happens. This is what happens. This is what I do. <laughs> see, and I, I get think it. They, sh- they should read it because maybe it will enlighten them. But well, you know, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Who knows? True. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should read it too. I mean, it just it can't it can't hurt them. I mean, right? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's that's <laughs> the that's the thing about all of this. You know, sex isn't going to change you. Right. Sex is just going to show yes. you what you like or don't like. Right. And that's very important. And so like we were talking about with, with will it make me gay? Right. If you learn that you're interested in sex with the same, you know, let me hold on. If you learn that you're interested as a man interested in sex with men, that's a great thing to learn. Right. Because now you can pursue it or you don't have to, but at least right. you know it, you know, mm-hmm. that's, it's it's always better to know than not. And a lot of people in a lot of sections of our country and the world will prefer to plug their ears and not know things yeah, because yeah. it might change their worldview. Right. And I'm firmly of the opinion that if you're not changing your worldview semi-frequently, you're not you're doing it wrong. If you're not mm-hmm. waking up to new things all the time, then it's what's the point? I have to agree. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, just going back to the the questions of like, what was challenging? We were writing it during 2020 and, <laughs> and you know, part 2021 probably, but like, so there was a good 10 weeks or so of time in which I was out of work because I work in a store mm. and uh, we right. were closed, right? During mm-hmm. the beginning of the pandemic in which I could really focus on writing, but then also had the entire 2020 of it all around me at all times you know so there were I mean and I unlike Cooper I have never written a book well not really not like so I I actually got a degree in creative writing and I've written fiction like Uh all my life but start to finish you know actually written a book and then gotten it published this is a first for me (laughs) and so like being motivated during a pandemic was kind of was kind of rough sometimes. So that was a bit challenging and a unique challenge that will hopefully never happen again. (laughs) Right. Oh, exactly. Let's not go there again. Uh, But yeah, so that was a unique challenge writing in 2020 and just like having that new experience of like writing a nonfiction book and Mm -hmm. then, and then just dealing with the whole pandemic world. And to jump on that really writing about anything uh, positive and fun is difficult in certain dark times yes you know and we've been living in some pretty dark times Mm -hmm. before the pandemic i would say at least since i don't know november of 2016 that's just a wild guess (laughs) it's been really dark and really fucking scary and it's hard to remember the positives and it's hard to remember that things like this Which are, I mean, you know, sex is important, but it's also kind of frivolous. It's kind of, you know, exciting. It's kind of, it's recreation time. Mm -hmm. And so remembering that, that it's important to have that in the middle of the darkness, because that is the positive is what gets us through. And so when we're feeling the worst is actually when it's most important to put positives out into the world, to put, to remind people that there are fun things to do 
in life and things that you can theoretically do in your house during a pandemic. Right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and we actually found at the at the toy store that we had a lot of uh, during like the beginning again, like those first 10 weeks of the pandemic and still while a lot of things were closed down a lot more kink sales online and a lot more, <laughs> yes. you know, and, and I think pegging kind of, I think a lot of pegging materials, right. The dildos mm. and strap-ons at the same time as sales happened yeah. more frequently. Cause I think people were stuck inside and they were yes. like, so what can we do now? I'm a little bored. Let's like, I don't know. Or they wanted an escape, which I think I totally, yeah. you know, sympathize with anyone who wants an escape right now in 2020, yes. you know, whatever. But like, so I think there were a lot more sales of, of, of like things where people were branching out and trying to like spice things up a bit, which is really interesting to me. And I, I wish I had actual numbers to like, <laughs> to like prove my point here, but yeah, right. we, we just found in like the shipping department specifically, we were like, wow, we have, we have never sent out this many crops and floggers before. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I've heard this too. Cause I've talked to so many sex educators and therapists and they've said that too. They're like, there's just been this huge influx of people buying new things online and, and think yeah. about it became a time of a lot of things getting delivered. Well, how exciting is one of those deliveries could be something related to sex, a sex yeah. toy. Yeah. I mean, that's like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just home more often, right? Like or so many yeah. people were working from home. Like you have some time, you're you're there right. with your partner, maybe, and you're just, yeah, I don't know. It made sense and it also didn't. I was like, what are people doing? Why are <laughs> you know why aren't these people just home moping and sad? And I was like, oh no, right. this is actually makes a lot of sense because yeah. they are mopey and sad and they need an yes. escape. And, and I'm like, nope, this is great. <laughs> exactly. So, and I know usually the way it works for nonfiction books is you pitch your idea to a publisher. How did you, did you find your publisher? Is that way it worked for you? Number one, did you find your publisher and then write it? And how did you find your publisher? Someone willing to actually publish oh. a book about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I've been an indie publisher since the beginning of my writing. Okay. And so it was always our intention that I would publish it. Mm -hmm. And we were, we were talking with the people over at Thorn Tree Press. Okay. And they had just had a postponement of one of their books for another season and were looking for something to replace it. And I, in a, in a moment of clarity, said, well, you know what? We are almost done with the manuscript for our pegging book. And wow. it's not like anything they've published before. You know, they're more about theory than about, you know, because ultimately it is a manual on pegging. It is that right. kind of book. And so I, I sent it over to her and she read it in like a day and said, yeah, we'll do this. And so I, I then said, hey, so Lindsay, I accidentally sold us to a publisher <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that was okay. And she's like, well, of course. I was like, yeah, absolutely. That, that That's amazing. Yes. I love this so much. Yeah. yeah. More help in getting it yeah. out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. But we were basically almost fully done with the book by the yeah. time we were we sending We were ready to release over. it yeah. last year okay. if, if, uh, if I was publishing it. And so now it's, it's got a lot more behind it and there's going to be an audio book out at the same time nice. and it's going to be in stores everywhere. And that, so it's, it makes a big difference. Yes. Cause you have all of their resources to help exactly. you and also even in just promoting it and marketing it yeah. and advertising and resources. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a huge help. 
I was really excited when I heard that. I was like, oh, I love that. And I love Thorn Tree Press, too. Like yeah. we at the Toll Shed, we sell Thorn Tree Press books all the gonna time. I was just going to say, do you get it there, too? Are you going to get the book there? Well, oh, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. we're going to have a ton of them. And we're actually going to have like a launch party that's hosted by the Toll Shed. Mm-hmm. Like my boss is be... very excited about this. <laughs> he oh, is that very is cool. Are you guys going to yeah. be there and sign and stuff oh, like yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Signings, so readings. When are you going to do you have it? Can you tell when it is or is it not? Sure. I mean. Yet? If anyone's listening from like the Wisconsin, southeastern Wisconsin, Milwaukee or Chicago area, I guess if you want to drive up, uh, it's going to be October 16th, which is a Sunday at like 6 p.m. at this bar called the Cactus Club. And it's this really cool club. I actually had a book club for Come As You Are there recently in the summer. (laughs) And I was like, hey, so I'm writing a book and I think that this book should be in your book club. And then she was like, do you want to have the launch here? And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Like I was just thinking of a book club there. And uh, yeah. And so, yeah, it's called the Cactus Club. We're, we're planning on doing like book signing, a little Q and A, and then also maybe a game for, you know, winning some like pegging supplies and and stuff. So it's going to be really fun. I'm very excited about it. And just to answer this question off the front, Lindsay will not peg you at this event. <laughs> no <laughs> pegging. Clear, yeah. No actual pegging at no. the event. No, unfortunately So you don't not. get 50 emails in, no. <laughs> right, in yes. the next hour. But hey. also, if, if you want information about that and other things, uh, thepeggingbook.com that has an email sign up. Oh, um, nice. So okay. you can get notified when it's actually released. And we'll be talking about all the events and and things like our the podcast we're doing right now. Awesome. On that email list too. That's very good. Very good. I think that's great for people who are interested and want to know more and yeah. can sign up and get the info. So tell me, is there anything else you want to talk about with the book that we haven't touched on yet? Hmm. Lindsay, you got anything specific? No, actually, I feel like we I feel like we've covered everything. We've been talking for a solid hour here. So yeah. I feel like I we, know, I know. we got a lot awesome. in there. Yeah. I think I did. I think the key for us was keeping the spirit of our class in it. Mm, And it's, it's definitely the silliest (laughs) of instructional books about sex. You'll probably ever read Uh, just because that's both of our voices. And so when we teach our Mm. class, it's a fun and funny class because there's no reason to be dour and intense when it comes to sexuality. Because sex is silly and often weird and funny. <laughs> I mean, it just is. And so we we really tried to imbue the book with that sense of humor. Um, and and it also helps smooth over the fact that we're not doctors. Right. <laughs> True. We, I mean, that's we, a good point. We have no credentials. We're just, just people who like to fuck. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. right. And in fact, you taught classes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Life experience is valuable. It's important. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, how about, did you, either of you want to mention any of your other books or other works that we haven't touched on yet? I know Cooper, you said you have some books. Uh, sure. So Life on the Swing Set the podcast is on a bit of a hiatus at the moment because everything sucks and the world is difficult. Right. Right. But I, I've got a few books out. My Life on the Swing Set is my memoir of my first five years in non-monogamy. I wrote two novels about swinging and polyamory called Lifeless Monogamous and Approaching the Swingularity. 
And then if you're a horror fan and you like cool, badass, queer, non-monogamous women leads, <laughs> I wrote two books in the Spectral Inspector series nice. uh, surrounding a ghost hunter named Prudence Osgood, who is easily the coolest character I've ever created. Nice. And you can find all that stuff at cooperassbeckett.com. Awesome. And this will be my first publication. I definitely have some outlines for other sex education books that I'm going to be working on. And nice. uh, hopefully we'll come out with more in the future. But yeah, this is my first book. But if you do want to find other content I make, I, I do stuff over at Polyamory Uncensored. And so I have a podcast and a blog and and a Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So Polyamory Uncensored is my my other baby. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I will put the links down in the podcast notes to all of us and we haven't talked about where the book is available and when is it on presale? Ah, yes. So it's coming out October 14th. Mm -hmm. Right now you can pre-order it at Amazon. You can pre-order it direct from Thorn Tree Press. It's starting to show up on the other retailers, Barnes and Noble and things like that. And the audiobook will be on Audible and be available from other sources. If you're a Goodreads person and you want to help us out, you can go ahead and put it on your to be read shelf i think that's yes. how they do it <laughs> but yeah it, it's coming and it's coming pretty soon and uh there there's all these links are at the peggingbook.com so uh awesome. if you want to be able to to nab it and you want to get a pre-order we're also going to be probably through the tool shed selling signed copies nice uh, and so Lindsay and I just have to get together in the same state and <laughs> because we're not far from each other, but we are about 90 minutes. So okay, sure. it's a little less easy since the pandemic anyway. Right. Exactly. But there will be signed copies available and uh, in it, there are some worksheets, some checklists, and just little extra swag type information for you. Wonderful. Well, congratulations to both of you. And oh, thank, thank you, you so much. much for coming on my podcast and telling me and my audience all about this amazing book. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Good luck to you. And how exciting. You guys have a very exciting next couple of months coming up. We do. What a fun thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And you, I hope you both have an amazing day. You too. Oh, you too. Talk to okay, you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast episode. And I hope you enjoyed learning more about pegging. And I really hope you learned a lot from these two. And maybe it's something you want to try. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's something you do and wanted to know more about it. Whatever it is, let your sexual curiosity roam all throughout your life. Don't restrict it. Get rid of that shame. And if you want to try it, try it, do it. I will put all the links to their information down in the podcast notes. And I've also put mine, my link tree with all of the links to all of my books and wherever I am on the internet. So I hope you check out their book. I hope you get it. And I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope you have a sexy fucking day. And don't forget to follow my podcast. Leave me a review. Thank you for listening. You are awesome. Go out there and have a good sexy day, will ya? <laughs> Love you. Bye. 
Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going bare. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.